Welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Neary, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, and how to tap into your infinite potential and live a life beyond your wildest dreams. I know that you clicking play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. With that said, let's get this party started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to So She Is. I am so grateful to be here with you guys today. I missed you so much last week, but I have just been really focusing and putting my energy towards a business venture that I am launching this week. So stay tuned for Thursday's episode because I believe that is when I will be announcing it to all my podcast listeners. And I am actually recording this today from the Langham Hotel in Pasadena. It is a gorgeous resort. And I am sitting here in a garden with someone who happens to be the love of my life. And we are celebrating our two year anniversary. And when I was thinking about today's episode, I thought what better way than to not only like celebrate our anniversary, but just to like give you guys an inside scoop on, on, our, on this relationship I talk about so much. Um, than to interview the woman herself. So without further ado, here is my fiance, Curly or Caitlin Grimes. Thank you for having me on. I am so excited to finally be a part of this. Um, I am also a little nervous. I have never done anything like this before and I'm nervous for these questions you're going to ask me because I have no idea what you have planned. But I'm I looking mean, forward to it. I've never interviewed someone else. So this could just be a giant shit show. And <laughs> I apologize in advance. We might just chat. We might ask questions. But I guess let's just start by asking how we met in your eyes. In my eyes, how we met. Um, we met when you transferred to Cal State Fullerton as a student athlete. Um, I'm sure your listeners know that I am a coach at Cal State Fullerton. Um Unfortunately, there's like some shame around how we met and we both have felt it through therapy. We've worked through it and um, it's something, you know, that we're able to share now. But it was really uncomfortable for a little while there of like that question of how'd you guys meet? Right. Right. And I think it's because it's like, well, officially we met when you were a student athlete at Cal State Fullerton and I was a coach. Um, But that's not where our relationship started. And I think that's like the one thing that is hard to convey to people because they hear, ooh, coach, student, athlete, and automatically they think that our relationship started then. Um, and we both know that's not the case, but it's hard to explain and basically describe that to people. Right. And something I've talked about a lot on this podcast is the shadow self and how these concepts that are so taboo, like a player coach relationship, like how could that possibly not be the dirtiest thing you've ever heard? And we really have dove into that. So just going off the subject of things that are a little bit taboo, I mean, I would love if you took everybody through like your journey of coming out, like when you knew you were gay and just really going through that shadow and that taboo and at a different time I mean I hope you don't mind me saying but Curly is 31 so her journey is much different than me coming out in 2020 Uh, just a different world I feel like so Mm -hmm. I'd love if you just talked us through that yeah no of course and um you know everybody has their own story I think throughout my life I've come to different understandings of where I was at different parts of my life The earliest memory I have is in between three and four years old. And 
I knew that I had feelings for women or girls at the time, right? I was four years old and I had a crush on a little girl in kindergarten. I also had a crush on a boy, so I didn't know, right? At four years old, it's very confusing. Um, I was raised in a Catholic family. I went to a Catholic school at the time. I was surrounded by nuns and priests and we went to uh, church almost every day in school. So it was, it was something that automatically I was told and taught that the way I felt was wrong. So I knew from a young age to start hiding and keeping that part of myself a secret because it wasn't going to be accepted. And unfortunately, like looking back at that, as you said, like I'm 31 now and looking back and seeing like a basically almost four year old recognizing that who she is is wrong. Right. That was in my head and the the surround people that I was around surrounded myself with. That's what it was. So um, my whole life up until you know I got to college I truly kept that part of myself a secret and I was really ashamed of it so you know growing up I I had my crushes and you know those crushes that you they're your best friends and you're like okay I I really really like this person but there was nothing that was ever going to come from it and I think not until I started getting a little older and into kind of later high school did I start realizing that that actually like having a relationship or having a romantic partner of the same sex was actually possible but everything was so secretive and so shameful I keep using that word because it wasn't ever going to be accepted by my family or friends and that's how I truly felt Mm -hmm. Um, so it really wasn't until I went to college my freshman year and really became close with some people that I actually kind of had the same storyline with um you know I had some friends very close friends that you know had the same battle um and oddly enough I went to school in Texas so yeah I was gonna ask you I I mean my next question was honestly so you ended up going to school in Texas in a town that's really or relatively conservative Mm -hmm. and like what was that like to be a queer woman in college navigating living in a place that was rather unaccepting. Yeah, I mean, the whole story around this, right, is the fact that, like, my whole life was, it was scary to come out. And then you go to a place where it's like, oh, yeah, you better still keep that a secret. But there are some places where that that can be explored. Um, And it was always behind closed doors. It was never out in the open. It was never something to be really talked about. I, I didn't even have gay friends on the team. Like, I was the only, well... Let's say this. I was the only openly queer (laughs) woman on my softball team. Um, So lots of curiosity, right? Oh, lots. There was people that were curious, but would never, ever, ever, ever. Oh, yeah. And that's and that's what's so unfortunate is the, you know, highly, highly conservative, highly Christian, um, you know, side of things that everything was very religious where I was. Everything was very much based on what my parents would think. I mean, I have friends who had been disowned for even thinking they were gay. So it's unfortunate that that's also where I went to school to try to like explore and figure myself out. But I did get the opportunity to do that. And I started to find out like, this is who I am. And I didn't know how to actually say the words, I'm gay. You know, I didn't actually feel comfortable saying those probably until my late 20s, to be honest with you, of like saying those words and and honestly and openly admitting it. 
Um, and, and, you know, that's something I've sat with and, and worked through. And, um, and I'm, I can openly now proudly say I am a queer woman and I am marrying the love of my life who happens to also be a woman. And it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of in my life. But it took me a long time to get here. I just have a quick question. Mm-hmm. If you could tell your four-year-old self one thing, mm-hmm. what would it be? Wow. Automatically, my throat went, whoop. <laughs> Me too, oh, and I asked. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, that, wow, I'm getting a little emotional <laughs> thinking about that one. Um, whew, that question caught me off guard. I had to tell Katie to pause it for a second. Um, you know, that that is something that I wish everyone could always go back doesn't matter what it is until talk to your inner child or that four-year-old version of yourself but I think at the end of the day I would tell her to not not be ashamed of who she is and to lean into the person she wants to be and that it'll all be okay because the people in your life truly love you and they want to see you be the best version of yourself that they can so smile run and jump for joy because everything's all right so sweet so I know that was like a little like break or just a split in from going from college to now Mm -hmm. so coming back to just your coming out story this is probably Mm -hmm. we could probably move on topics after this but when did you actually come out to your parents was it early college Mm -hmm. was it late college and like what made you want to come out uh well well my whole life thinking that like my parents wouldn't accept me for who I am I think I wanted to make sure that I was in a relationship with someone that I was really proud of and um, that they could see that it would be successful I for some reason thought if I didn't come out to them while I was in a relationship with someone that they could be proud of as well it was like I was going to be alone forever they were they were going to have that fear for me so so you didn't come out until you were in a relationship with someone yeah true yeah I truly didn't actually and it's not like they didn't know right everyone had their inkling that feeling of oh maybe that's more than just a friend like I know that that's how my friend my my family was but you know through this whole process they were waiting for me to say it um, and giving me that that space to have have that opportunity to say the words because they knew that was important. So when I actually did, um, I came out to them and they they we were we were laughing. We were at a Marie Calendars and it was my sister, my mom, and dad. That is so funny because my first job was at Marie Calendars. <laughs> so if anyone needs any pie inquiries, I'm not your girl anymore, but I could give you some feedback. <laughs> I'm so happy you weren't our waitress. Um, but I was only a hostess. I only worked there for two months. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely something where I said it and I was like, I couldn't even say the words, I'm gay. That was the scariest thing to say. Mm-hmm. It was more like, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're uh, uh, dating. Like it was like just so jumpy and so unsure. And, Been there. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like it was like, yeah, we're more than friends. And my mom and dad at the moment were just like, oh, okay, like that's that's fine. And I'm so happy my little sister was there um, because she was like, my rock in that moment where she knew obviously I had talked to her about this before and uh, my mom and dad were just like oh yeah no okay yeah that's fine and and we kind of just like moved on from it not like brushed it aside just they allowed me some space if I wanted to talk more but honestly in that moment it was so scary and I like 
felt like I blacked out, like where it was like, uh, did I just admit that? And it was kind of like testing the waters and everyone was kind of looking at each other, not in a, a scary way, just like, okay, do we continue talking about this topic or, you know, do we just try to act normal? And we 100% just, you know, tried to be normal. Um, and then it was, it was really the next 24 hours that started changing everything. Um, about a day later after I came out, my mom expressed to me that, and I will forever remember the words that she used in this moment, but she said, the life you chose is going to be difficult. And I had a really, really hard time hearing that. And I know it was really difficult once my mom started to process these things. You know, she was raised um, very Catholic in a very conservative home. Um, I knew it was going to be difficult. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And we had, we basically had a talk about this quote unquote life I chose. Mm -hmm. And I had to express to her in that moment, and I'm happy I did that if I had a choice in that moment at that time in my life when I came out to her seeing the way she reacted, I would have never chose this, this way of life mm -hmm. if it was a choice. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was difficult because I had been dealing with it literally my whole life. Right. So, and just curious, what, what year was the, like, was it legal yet? To get married? Oh, yes. Yes, it was. It was legal to get married. This was 2000, December of 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I graduated um, that summer in 2012. So it was my senior year of college. Wow. You know, I, I, I definitely had, um, a, a, it took me too long. Let's just say that. <laughs> it took me too long to do that. But I, you know, after us talking about everything, everything happens for a reason. It all happened in divine timing. Oh, right. <laughs> and and I and I battled for for years after that, you know, knowing that my my mom and dad weren't very comfortable with it. Um, it took longer, a longer process for them to fully accept me than um, I expected it to. To be honest with you, I didn't realize that there was always going to be some sort of tension or awkwardness or. You know, I, I really truly feel like they tried the best that they could. Um, and they didn't mean to cause me any grief or harm over things. They were actually, they were actually very welcoming to people that I brought into um, our lives, you know, and expressed as, as being part of a, you know, a, a same-sex relationship. And they tried their best. Which is so funny because... Because now the <laughs> the family I was welcomed into was like open arms, like you can just move in if you want, <laughs> like just move into our house, like just be a part of our family, be a Grimes now, mm -hmm. like you should have been this yesterday. Like, yeah. and if you think about it, right, like you came into my life at at twenty nine years old. Yeah. Right. So at twenty nine years old, you came into my life uh, as obviously, and we didn't really even talk about that, but we started dating after you graduated and started in February of 2020. So right before COVID. Um, so it was definitely something that, you know, it was way after you graduated, it was at a, a, fun, a fundraiser and that's kind of how that happened. But um, we kind of started, you know, talking and exploring more of a, a romantic relationship, even friendship at that point too. We hadn't even really I mean, I was obsessed friends. with you, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we hadn't even, you know, explored that. So as around that time of 
my 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 parents have had basically 10 almost 10 years to digest everything from my coming out story to bringing you into my life so our our relationship definitely got um we got closer we were able to talk more we worked through a lot of things together you know my parents and I and um by the time you came into our lives they were ready they were accepting they were they they were in love with the idea of me being with somebody and being happy Mm -hmm. so I think when they met you it was like yep this is it finally thank god oh my gosh yes seal the deal yeah (laughs) so and I, I think that's like a perfect like segue because your parents are not the only ones who are really happy with our relationship mm-hmm. or or I believe admire our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I know that a lot of people are like, oh, wow, like relationship goals or I want to find my curly. I want a curly. I want someone who treats me like curly. I want someone who believes in me like curly. And I feel like duh I fucking score that's why I got a (laughs) ring and and put a ring on it but what would you say to those people who who are looking like what how would you respond to people who say things of that nature or of that you know I really want what you have yeah I I think this goes back to just like what you said divine timing right and at the space I was in before we met I had almost given up completely on the idea that I was ever going to be in a relationship. I am being so honest. I think it hit me at my brother's wedding uh, in October of 2019 that I was there and I even in my speech that I gave, I was his quote unquote best man. Um, I, you know, at the I ended it with enjoy this wedding because, you know, my sister and I got a long way to go kind of thing. And it's, it's pretty funny looking back on that because I truly believed in that moment that finding someone and truly being happy wasn't in the cards for me. I know that's unfortunate, but I, I really truly started to give up on that concept. And only a couple months later, a wrecking ball <laughs> named Katie entered her life and slammed every door she's ever created down. I mean, it's true. You challenged every aspect of myself. Not only did you challenge the idea of what the fuck just happened? Why am I so giddy? This is also like so challenging because it's like this was an ex-player of mine. Like there's so many walls that are up with like this can't happen to like coming into myself and my power and understanding that I deserve love and I deserve someone who cares about me and wants to treat me well and I deserve to give that an opportunity and I think that's where it was where it was like this person is honestly crazy about you give crazy (laughs) emphasis on the crazy (laughs) give give this feeling and this relationship the chance it deserves because it could be something great it also could be something fucking terrible Mm -hmm. but at the same time I had never given myself that opportunity to be in that place and I 100% dove into it and you did too and I think going back to the main question that you asked it was like there are two people who have been through a lot in their life Mm -hmm. and two people who really really want love Mm -hmm. I I can honestly say that about me and I think you as well I don't want to speak for you probably didn't I would probably deny it like (laughs) because I was too cool to have feelings but like at 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 the core of my being like yeah of course 
we aren't meant to be alone. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean not be in a romantic relationship. Like it doesn't have to be romantically, but like as a human beings, like we are built for community. We are meant to survive and thrive in community. Like you, you can't do this alone. And so I think at the core of every being, whether you want to get married or not, that's not what I'm saying is I'm saying that every, it's like a, it's like a, it's a need. It's a core, whatever. Like I agree. I agree. And I think that's, we were lucky enough to go into that. And I honestly believe that our age difference and um, our experiences in life with relationships or, and people we had dated prior, we both had different ways of coping and, and learning through things. And I, I know that, you know, I was dating someone seven years younger than me. You know, so I Are was you talking about me. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah. I mean, I you kind of went anybody. <laughs> you went on relationships. Well, no, and then I'm like, wait, I'm the seven years younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm talking about you. But I think it's, I was able to see things from a different perspective, right? I was able to see things, of like, I've I've been there. You know, I've I've been 24. I know what that's like, and um the things that maybe would have pissed me off at that age or like said, you know, this is never going to work. I had way more leniency with, and you as well, you, you were learning about someone else and how to basically like, we, we moved into it with each other within like a month, a month <laughs> yeah. because of COVID. I don't know if you've explained that to people, but we, we had just started our relationship March 12th, 2020, the world shut down that day. And it was the craziest thing ever, mm-hmm. but we couldn't keep going back and forth and seeing each other because ev- no one knew what COVID was. We couldn't like go into different bubbles and then bring it back to our family. My, my mom was pretty, pretty um, strict on the idea of like, you can't keep do- going back and forth. You either stay there or you stay here. Mine and, too. And yeah. my mom decided to redo her whole downstairs in the midst of a crisis. So... she also was like hey can we use your room as a kitchen like could you not come back (laughs) so it was basically you know Katie and I looked at each other and I remember being like let's just do Do this and we ended up my brother has that picture of me where it's like Katie said she's gonna bring a couple of things to Curly's house and I packed three suitcases (laughs) (laughs) but it's true you you we were we were forced kind of into that moving into each with each other and we were forced to learn how to basically Co, what is the word I'm looking like for? Co-live. Coexist, Coexist with yeah. another person in the midst of a pandemic. In the midst of a <laughs> pandemic, right? And so we couldn't even go out to dinner. Like we had to. Like that's why we say like, yeah, we we're celebrating two years right now, but COVID is like dog years. So it's like <laughs> it's truly we're on year nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For so sure. I think I think we were really lucky and fortunate that we kept choosing each other every day and to learn more about each other and to talk and to learn how to communicate properly and to be with each other and to um, basically come up with these ground rules on how to make this relationship the best it can be. And is that, I was going to ask, like, what do you think? Because again, going back to the goals and the, I want a curly, like, what do you think? And it might be the ground rules or whatever you just said, but like, what do you think makes a relationship thrive? That's either, it could even be platonic or romantic, but like what makes the relationship as potent as the one that we have? I think at the end of the day, it's helping the other person get what is the absolute best for them and solely them. You, you know, I think the way we talk about things is 
we want what's best for each other. Um, and at the end of the day, whether it was a friendship or a romantic relationship, whatever that may be, the relationships that work the best are the ones that you truly want what's best for the other person. No matter what society thinks, no matter what other people think, it doesn't matter. But I want to see you thrive and succeed and do anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. And if I can help, I will in any aspect that is. Mm-hmm. And the love that you and I have for each other grows through that mm-hmm. because it's so infinite. And I really, truly feel that with you. And I feel like we've recently been chatting because we listen to a podcast and we have some friends going through some things. We've also talked a lot about the will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have great communication. You can have all, you could have the hard conversations. You could really care for each other. But at the end of the day, I feel like we both have agreed that it comes down to the will to want the relationship to exist. Yeah. And that could be friendships or that could be romantically. Like, if there's not that will and that wanting what's best, like, if you have that ill intention, like, then what's the point of wanting the relationship to work? Like, you should always want the people, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what you should do, but I believe, and clearly you believe too, like, it comes down to, yeah, wanting the absolute best for the other person and being the biggest cheerleader and also, like, wanting to, the will to want the relationship to work. Yeah. No, and I, I truly believe that. And and we can't sit here and act like our relationship has been <laughs> no. perfect from day no. one, right? It has been, um, we've, let me just rephrase this. We have gone through things where most of the time, and I truly firmly believe this, the things that we went through are deal breakers for other people. Oh, hell yeah. Um, things where, you know, you find out things about each other that you never thought anybody in this whole world would find out the deepest, darkest secrets of yourself. Um, and those all came to the forefront for us through COVID and after COVID and dealing with things that I'm sure a lot of people had with COVID where it was like, there was, it, it sl- the world slowed down, right? So we were, we had to actually face our shit that we'd been through before. And instead of keep like ignoring it or pushing it away or trying to, be busy so you know we'd never had to think about it that stuff came up for us and we were each other's sounding boards and um whether we liked it or not I don't think I had a choice in a few (laughs) of those I think Katie just had to you know hit me with that wrecking ball again once or twice and and honestly there's been moments where Katie's had the opportunity to leave and she's stayed and there's been moments for me too where it's been difficult But at the end of the day, our love and our relationship is so important to me that we learn, we learn to, you know, cope and work and discuss, communicate through each issue that comes up in the best way we can. And we don't, we don't do it the right way. And there's going to be more shit that comes up through the rest of our lives. And we talk about this all the time of, you know, we try to almost like get ahead of it. Like, how can we, you know, how can we get ahead of it? That's at least how my mind works. And, you know, that's never in a relationship how it truly happens. But when you can honestly look at somebody and say, I have zero secrets from you. There is not one person on this earth other than Katie that I can honestly say that about. And I'm talking the nitty gritty, deep, darkest shit you never thought you'd bring up we brought it all up and we laid everything out on the table for each other 
and not by choice all the time (laughs) not by choice definitely not by choice and which is that's what was scary and most people would leave but that is what I think makes us strong that's what makes us goals is like being able to do that and that honestly is why I wanted to marry you is because I knew if we could make make it through those things you know we we were going to do amazing through everything else in life mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. I agree and that kind of leads me into like a funny story and that is that <laughs> when some of this stuff came up it was very heavy to hold and I personally you know got to a place where some of it was very very dark and I felt like I was holding a lot of it and I it wasn't like an ultimatum. Would you say it was? I don't know. Kinda. It kind of was, but it wasn't. I don't believe in ultimatums because I don't believe they're effective. I believe like, but it was almost like a boundary for myself. So some things came up and I was like, look, Curly, if you don't get therapy by, say, April, which was about a six month frame of time, I can't do this because I can't carry this weight knowing that we're just carrying it and it's not going anywhere. Like it's it's unproductive to this relationship and I don't know how much further we can go and grow together if we don't if if this if this remains untouched. And I mean, of course, like it was it was something that she never thought she'd have to face, but here we were. And so since I gave that, I also was obviously going to do the research to help and go through it. And I listened to this amazing podcast and I sent her it and I sent her the girl's info. And there was like, a, this is a therapist. And I, she got on a call with her. And when she was on that call with her, I realized she was on a call with someone that was completely different than the podcast I had listened to. I gave her the complete wrong (laughs) information and it just that I just feel like is a perfect segue into your healing journey because I really, really want to take a second to just honor and recognize your healing journey that you've just absolutely been on. Like I want to say exploded in a good way, like because I feel like there was a shell around you that you have just busted out of and so since you started it during this relationship, what has it been like to invest in your healing journey? Cause it is an investment. It's a big one. And what has it been like to invest in yourself and to go to therapy and, and work mm-hmm. through these things and, and just, yeah, take us through that. Yeah. I think, I think I can first go back to, yeah, you did give me an ultimatum a hundred percent, but I'm, and, and we're not here saying ultimatums work. I actually think they could be co- not, not as productive sometimes, but this was necessary. And I, and I do believe that without Katie's help, I would never, um, have started my healing journey. Um, and she jump started it and, and literally forced me to get into it. But I believe, and I truly am sitting here I am so thankful for that ultimatum um, because my healing journey is has been amazing. And um, I'm still obviously always going to be in the process of a healing journey. But I, I can say um, that when this process started, it was the scariest and hardest thing I'd ever done. Um, and Katie was with me every single step of the way. Um, what I believe is the most important thing that I can now say um, is investing in yourself because not investing in yourself in a way of I need help I need someone to help guide me there Um, not 
traditional talk therapy doesn't work for everybody. It could be any type of therapy. And what kind did you do? Because you I have did, both. Yeah, I did traditional talk therapy. And I did a little um, work in EMDR, which is a different type of tapping therapy that works through traumatic experiences. Could you just... Tapping sounds really broad. Could oh, you yeah. kind of say like... Yeah, so basically um, it's a reframing mechanism that happens through therapy with obviously someone who is... Um, you know, practiced in this, they, uh, my therapist would take me through different memories that I'd have, um, obviously triggering and traumatic um, memories. And we'd go back through these memories from the earliest, earliest memory I have of, let's say, a particular scenario to um, guiding and talking through each step of the way. And then we'd go back to the start of the memory again, and we'd start a tapping process, which would uh, relax my nervous system, um, allow me to fully embody the memory and go into this process of slowing my heart rate down, slowing my mind down, being present in the memory. And it would be tapping in different parts of my body that um, I, I responded well to. So to be honest with you, particularly for me, I feel comfortable tapping the outside of my legs or the, the top part of my sternum, like right across my chest. That's where I feel most effective. And it, it basically slows my heart rate down, relaxes my nervous system, and I'm able to really fully be present. And we'd go back through those memories while I was tapping and reframe them into a way I felt empowered or in um, basically in control of the memory, um, which is a whole reframing mechanism that helped me basically gain my power back. Yeah. And when you say reframe, wouldn't you actually like relive yes. the memory with with like Rowan Curly or Iron Man or someone yes, there to yes, help yes. protect you. <laughs> yes, so that that's something my my therapist um shout out to Nicole. You are amazing. Um I am very thankful for everything you've done for me. So um reach out to Katie if anyone needs someone cuz we we got a couple lists that we could we could start <laughs> handing out. But um she would put me in these scenarios and and she'd ask me uh you know, I want somebody who who is nurturing to be there? Who is that? And I would pick somebody. And if it wasn't somebody I could think of, like right off the bat, especially she, early on in your journey, early, yeah, early on in my journey, I would. She's like, even if it's a movie character, and I, I would always choose Iron Man to be there with me. <laughs> like I know that sounds so silly, but when you're standing in a, in reliving, because this is basically what you're doing, reliving a traumatic experience, and you're watching yourself go through something when you're standing there with someone who you think is powerful or strong or can protect you in those moments, um, it's really important to have, have a character or a person that you feel safe with there Mm -hmm. because that's the whole purpose of this is, is going back to these memories. You don't feel safe. Yeah. Right. So how can you do that? And it, and you know, bringing it up with you as we're talking, like in the beginning of my journey, it was Iron Man. And towards, you know, now more present day, that version is 31-year-old Curly standing there. Yeah. You know, and it's evolved and grown. And, like, that's the growth I've had since I've started this journey is is coming into myself and feeling empowered and feeling strong and never backing down. I don't, I don't, I didn't feel that before. Well, and you have just full trust that you can oh, protect yeah. yourself. Yeah, and, and it's just come, literally coming into your own power. And it's been such a transformation transformative process right and I I feel like everyone who's seen me at least in in a a more consistent basis can honestly say they see the difference too and I think that's that's what's really awesome is is 
regaining control of my life and that I am in charge Mm -hmm. and I am strong and I am able to pick and choose the life I want to live. Yeah, I think it's been really cool to, when scenarios come up, how you react is obviously where you see the difference being made Mm -hmm. and how you approach situations that are tough or or speaking or not taking shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like that speaks volumes for itself yeah now I just know that recently I don't know it just came to my mind but recently you've had Dumbledore come into a session Mm -hmm. and she said Dumbledore comes in a lot but what 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 did you need like when you needed somebody wise I needed somebody wise with me um in a particular uh scenario and and I said Dumbledore it was the first person that came to mind you know and she was like that's you know after after we went through everything she's like it's so funny how many people choose Dumbledore to be there with them and for anybody else that is a Harry Potter nerd I am 100% okay admitting it those books were like my safety net growing up and I relate so much to those movies and everything I've probably made Katie watch them 1200 times already but it's, it's a safe place for me, and Dumbledore was that character that I felt um, was the wisest, and um, we can go into a whole Harry Potter talk, yeah, but maybe that's, not. Why, that's why... Maybe not. <laughs> but that's why he was there, and it's actually pretty silly that... I, know, I just thought of that, because it's, it's like, yeah, Big Curly shows up a lot, yeah. but then also so does Dumbledore. Oh, I know. There's this one time, and it's kind of going off topic a little, but I had, like, Iron Man, Oprah... Uh, Brene Brown I had uh, Dumbledore with me there's just all these characters that it was quite hilarious but if you think about you standing in the front in like this you know a, a powerful position with me in the front and then everyone off to my flanks on the side of Iron Man, Oprah, Brene Brown, uh, Dumbledore I think Gandalf was there as well Hell like yeah. all these things that like you felt invincible and I think that's what we're going back to you know the EMDR um, that was part of the process and that that honestly is something that's helped me um, through this healing journey wow and what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone who maybe isn't going to therapy because maybe one they don't really want to look at their demons or their shadow I mean shadow work is not for the faint of heart so I mean in therapy is not for the faint of heart but a faint of heart like that doesn't have to be your story. You can mm-hmm. really take back your power like we've talked about today. So what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone who isn't going to therapy because maybe it's a little bit scary mm-hmm. or maybe they've numbed out their either big trauma or little t trauma um, and think like, you know, I don't really know. Maybe I don't need it or I'm fine. I'm literally fine. Like I'm not depressed. Like, like, but obviously in other ways of their life, like it shows up, like the patterns repeat and they, they don't have access to really those patterns. Like what would be your advice? Well, my advice would be uh, find yourself a Katie. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that's that's something that was, uh, you know, if I truly look back on this, um, even in the beginning of this this you know talk, I said without Katie, I don't know if I would have started my healing journey um, at all. And I, and I truly, truly mean that. I, I think I had gone to a point in my life where I had lost just complete control over thinking I had any say or power in how everything goes. And that, to me, I see so many people in. Um, and it took someone literally saying, like, hey, figure this shit out or I'm gone. 
and without that I I'm not in this this process or where I am today um it might have maybe taken me a long time of maybe getting to a point where I I couldn't take it anymore and that was and I'm not saying I couldn't take it anymore like um I want to leave this earth more of like I just give up like give up in a sense of I don't I don't want to even try mm-hmm. and um I think you know going to that it took someone coming in and helping me find a therapist where I knew I needed to go to therapy but I didn't know how to do that so I think like what you're doing here and like providing people with with answers you know of like hey if you need help you know these are these are some places you can start to reach out to um, maybe, you know, something you could do on your next podcast is, you know, if you don't know how to go through insurance to get through, get start just talking to somebody, let's do that. If you have the money and you can do it outside of insurance, let's also talk about that. I think, you know, finding resources of ways to actually like step by step, here's how you do it. Let's at least start. What's the harm in that? Um, that's what I needed. I needed someone to kind of help me there because it's so scary. You don't want, you want, you know, you need it but you don't want to do it. And I think it's easier for me because I can say it from outside looking in like Mm -hmm. that 30 year old version of myself, like looking back at her and just being like, I'm so happy to be where I am today. And I'm so thankful to you for that. Um, But she was always, that version of me was always capable of it, but just didn't know how to get there. And I think, you know, putting yourself and surrounding yourself with people that encourage um self-help and bettering being the best version of yourself you can be so once you start surrounding your, yourself with people like that um it's easier to get involved with but if you're always around the same people who you know maybe keep you down or don't don't let you grow then you're always going to be in one spot and you're going to be stagnant right. there and that's something that we talk that gets kind of like i mean it gets talked about a lot in healing journeys and things but when you raise your vibration and your frequency and you start to heal yourself, sometimes those people fall off. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are like talking about loneliness on a spiritual journey because yeah, when you are up leveling and you are tapping into a new energy that you've never been in, those people on the lower frequency are no longer a match. And so sometimes, yeah, things do get lonely or it gets confusing or you get lost. But I think that's like a huge part is like, who are you surrounding yourself with and what frequency are you living at? And I guess like that would be my advice. Like versus like just exploring what a higher vibration could feel like yeah Mm -hmm. oh no I mean my first therapy appointment Nicole looked at me and was like well what are you what are you trying to get out of this like what do you truly want and I remember just saying I want to level up I am so tired and so just you know annoyed that I am staying in one place and I am not growing Mm -hmm. I want I want that level up and I did the work and every time she gave me homework, I did it. And that's something that is, it was scary. It was fucking scary. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I could say that word. I'm sorry, but it was very, very hard and very difficult to do this. And I did everything she told me and it is, I have benefited from it tenfold. Um, and I believe my relationship and uh, my career and my family life, everything, my friends, everything that I have in my life is exactly where it's meant to be right now because I chose to up level. And what would you say it like, and we can like kind of condense this, like what is, 
like one sentence, the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in your healing journey and in this relationship? I am powerful. Fuck yeah. And just because I want to bring it back to me, what's like (laughs) the biggest thing you've learned about me in this healing journey and in this relationship? You are powerful. (laughs) Thank you, baby. Um, And staying it with me, I kind of want to just take a shift to career and Mm -hmm. me. And when we first started dating, I was in insurance and I didn't have any awareness that my journey was going to take turns or it was going to end up this way. Um, But like when we first started dating, did you think you'd be getting married to an entrepreneur, specifically one that's dedicated to healing and uplifting the vibration of humanity and um, really helping people transmute their trauma into their power? Yes, that's the easiest yes I've ever had to say. (laughs) I knew that what you were doing in your life was like when I was in insurance. I felt like it was that transitional, like... I'm in a job because I'm supposed to be in a nine to five and like, this is what we do. And like, we're good at it. And, uh, so even when you saw me have success, like big successes. Oh yeah. Huge successes. And you were going to kill anything you chose to do. But at the end of the day, I knew that your purpose on this earth is so much greater than insurance. And I, I mean, anyone that's been in your presence feels that. So if you were to say, yeah, I make seven figures selling insurance, fuck yeah, you would have been able to do that. And you could still do it if you chose to do that. But at the end of the day, you were never going to just do that. Whether you were doing insurance and something else, or you decided to leave insurance and be like, I'm starting my own business. Anything you choose to do, you are going to be successful at in any, in any form of that word. And I think that it's, it's your personality, it's your drive, it's your will, it's your love, it's your love for everything around you. And you literally have this, this magical touch about you that anyone that comes into your presence or your aura improves. Mm-hmm. And I think you, everyone that's met you can say that. And you challenge people to be better. And think of how much you've challenged me and my family even, you know, my sister who's your best friend, um, all these different people that are in your life, your family, of looking at their shit and being like, how can we be better? Mm. And you do that. And there's no way in this world that you would have just only done insurance. You were going to take control of the life you wanted to live and be successful at it. And that's where you are right now. And that's why I'm just so excited to be a part of this journey and process with you. Well, thank you. And honestly, it was so strange. Like throughout this, it doesn't surprise me that she said yes, because even in the early days, like I think I got like my first big sale in insurance. And then Curly's like looking at me, like, I believe you were in the shower and I was like maybe going potty or something. <laughs> we were just chatting like toilet to shower talk. And, um, and she's like, you know what? Like when you're ready to leave this, like I can do this. I can help us. I can support us. And I was like, okay chill like what like I I just like I'm doing this I'm doing good like don't you see that but Curly could always see the bigger picture and I think just having someone that's like a support system like that I mean obviously not everyone is as lucky and um I can just honestly say like thank you for supporting me in this because without you 
it probably would have just like you saying going to therapy it probably would happen but it would not have happened on the same timeline like we definitely I think our relationship every week like timeline hops like into a different dimension into a different timeline because of the decisions we make and yeah I'm just so grateful for that yeah we amplify each other Mm -hmm. I truly think that's that's a great gift and kind of going back to that question what at what point were you like okay she's doing this or this like this is what she's doing this is her life now like let's do this Mm -hmm. like at what was that like for you like when it when did you know Mm -hmm. and then what was it like for you you know going into a role where maybe I didn't have an income and things like Mm -hmm. that like what what did that feel like and how how is it to support someone doing that? Whether the person listening right now is is me playing the role of the person who wants to go after their dreams, or is the person who is here to support that person in pursuing their dreams? Like you know, like yeah, of course. Well, I think at the end of the day, right? What's more important that you gave it all you got and failed, or you never you never swung the bat, so we'll never know. And I'm using a euphemism from <laughs> softball, but it's true, right? Like we could say that you could strike out looking. Or you could strike out swinging, and I'd rather. I'm not striking. No, out. no, no. But I'm, that's how I'm looking at <laughs> okay. it, right? You're not striking out. You're right. And I'm using that as a really terrible example now, looking back on it. But it's one of the examples of like, when you were in insurance, you were killing it. You were you were killing it, and Sorta. you were no, but you were towards st- the end. I kind of gave up. But you were still un- you were unhappy even in the success. Right. And it wasn't unhappy. Like, oh, I hate my life. It was just like you knew you were meant for more. I'm actually going to interrupt some like if other people are listening and maybe like, oh, do I really like my job? Here's like something that kind of helped me reframe. There's two things. One was I thought about every person who's on the top, like the C-suites and the people who are in my position, but way above me and just like the tops of the tops. And I pictured them all at dinner. And then I thought, do I want to sit at that dinner table? And it was an immediate no for me. It's just, there's just, there was just a different energy there and it's not a bad one. It's not a good one. It's whatever it is. It just wasn't a match to what I wanted my life to look like. Cause I was like, Oh, if you're invited to those dinners, like that's a sign that you're successful. And like, that would be, if I was being invited and I was a part of that, that would probably allude that I was at, at the top and I had absolutely no interest. That was one thing that really helped me get clear on like, <clears throat> like what I was doing or like, what, like why am I doing this? And do, and do I want to get where I want to go? Because like if you don't have a why behind your success, it's just blind success. And you're never you're always going to have that unhappiness or that. Uh, is there more? Which I'm if you're if you're questioning, there probably is. Um, and another thing I did when I was thinking about leaving was. I envisioned my niece, who was three at the time, coming up to me with the same situation that she had. And I've said this before, but a lot of people look at young kids like they have all this potential. The world's your oyster. And looking if a three-year-old came to me with this same situation about what they were feeling and what they wanted to do and whatever, my advice to her would, like, would be to absolutely go for it. And why would I want that for her but not myself? And just before we go any deeper into this question of what it was like for Curly, I just wanted to, I don't know if I've actually mentioned those two examples and I really wanted to highlight them. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you did because that's how you feel, right? You just want to see everyone go after whatever they feel the most powerful in and, and successful and happy because you know what? Life's too short. We don't know if we have tomorrow. And so why not go after everything today? Why not put a ring on your finger? 
Why not move in together? Why not get married? Why not quit our jobs? Why not go after everything we want? Why not strike out swinging? Why? <laughs> Sorry, it's terrible. But you know what I'm saying? Like, why not? What What's holding us back? And at the end of the day, it's just ourselves that's doing that. So why not be the most supportive we can as a partner and say, yes, do it. But what about when the fear creeps up or when the pressure of being the, the spouse creeps up and, and how do you navigate that? Yeah, I think I really, really felt the financial strain of it about two, two months into um, you not having a job anymore. And this was what was so funny is you had the money saved up. You knew you were going to do this. You prepared. So it wasn't like you were like, yeah, curly, take all the bills and do it. Like Mm -hmm. you never once said that. I put this like weird pressure on myself that like, I am the one that has to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. I have to do it because I told her I would and I want her to be successful. So I'll lose everything so she could do that. And that at the end of the day took me a second to be like, why do I feel like that? Well, I think that's I also that? equally unhealthy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And it took me it took me a while to sit with that and be like, wait, time out, time out, time out. This is actually not self care. <laughs> you know, this is not taking care <laughs> like of yourself. It's very egoic. This is this is going against everything you have been learning through this your journey. So like sit down and talk to Katie and it honestly was that's where my ego came in my ego was like if you talk to Katie that shows you're weak you can't provide you can't do this like stupid bitch mine's a little different but it was definitely it was definitely something that I I struggled with for a while until I honestly it, it started hitting me and I started getting into like this feeling of debt and then like then I was actually in debt like I felt it before I was actually in it and then I was like oh my gosh like I can't pay off my credit card what the heck is going on like how did I get here mm-hmm. right and obviously I was making I made a big ex- expense or purchase with the ring I did some I, engagement engagement stuff I did some things that were, were not something everyone does all the time um, but I definitely started feeling all this pressure and the one thing I didn't do is communicate mm. right and that's something that we talk about and like I was holding it in to try to not let you make you worry like I thought the if I shared my stress when I'm sitting here trying to be so supportive of you, as soon as you see my stress, you're going to go back to insurance. You're going to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to have all those thoughts in which you ended up kind of having that once I started talking to you. But yeah, I think we could go into that because I've talked about the subconscious mind before and the subconscious mind doesn't like a void at all. Like if there's a void, it wants to fill it. And I remember telling you that and you mentioning debt and gaining some weight and different things that were happening when you weren't talking mm-hmm. could you kind of go into that oh yeah how everything the glitter oh, on shit I know right <laughs> she inspired the glitter on shit episode I am 100% the person with glitter on shit like I would just keep putting the glitter all over the shit and trying to make it look as pretty as possible without actually diving in and that seems to be my uh, my cycle that I always go into when I don't want to deal with something I just keep piling on glitter and getting more glitter and getting even more expensive and sparkly glitter just to make the shit look fancy just to use that kind Mm -hmm. of analogy and that's what I was doing in that moment because I didn't want you to worry I didn't want you to stress and at the end of the day I dug a hole for myself by not just saying hey I need a little help here and I'm like let's figure it out and talk about how we're gonna do it Um, and once I did that all this money started flowing to us 
realistically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All these opportunities started coming up um, mm-hmm. for both of us once we had that conversation and kind of put it out in the open. But like everything felt like it was at a standstill because I wasn't sharing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't talking. I wasn't dealing. I wasn't looking. I kept avoiding, right? It was very mm-hmm. avoidant. And, um, you know, I had to find a way to to literally blow all that glitter off of that shit and start shoveling. Mm-hmm. So that's what, you know, at the end of the day I got to and we ended up having to have a heart to heart and just like me talking. And I felt so much shame around like saying everything I said, but I'm so happy. Again, we had a hard conversation, got it all out on the table and we talked and now you know, looking back at that, it's so funny because now we have wads of cash laying on our (laughs) kitchen table because I don't know where to put it. And like, that's, that's something that, you know, at the end of the day is, is really beneficial. And, and again, why I'm so thankful for the relationship we have. Yeah. And honestly, from my point of view, like when she admitted that hole she had dug immediately, I saw it from a higher perspective. I saw exactly how this ended how this got here from a spiritual perspective i understand the subconscious mind and how all these things just coexisted because she was holding it back and shoving it down and immediate that was my immediate i would say a couple days later i started to feel her hole that i was now aware of like how can i fix this how can i be the savior how can i do this and and it was a few really hard conversations about it. It wasn't just one and done mm-hmm. because I had to then process process and let, let go of like I, the pressure and the shame. Like these things bring things up. And when you're able to communicate through them and keep rela- like relaying the message, even if it's a little bit like over and over again, like this is how I'm feeling. That's how it gets out. Like. It brings things up that are already existing within you. And by talking it out again and again Mm -hmm. and just being honest, like, this is how I feel. This is how I, this is, this is making me feel my tight feel, my chest feel very tight. This is making my throat close. This is making my stomach queasy. Like all those feelings are already within you. They're just being brought to the light. And that's like, that is how the cash flows in. That is how the things come in because there's space, there's space for things to flow. But when you stuff shit down you're just stuffed with shit and it doesn't have access to the light like it would. And I want to bring this up and and I'm going to bring it up because this is important for people to know. I had a lot of shame around talking about that hole I had dug myself in and bringing that up to Katie and sharing that. But once I shared with Katie, it was not like, Oh, thank God I shared. It was exactly what I feared would happen happened. (laughs) <laughs> no, everything's I, I, a mirror. No, it's exactly the she freaked out. She went into the I shouldn't have quit my job. She felt almost betrayed. Like all these things that she she had to work through as well. So again, that comes back to like our topic of this conversation is like we both understand when things come up that we have to grow in certain areas and we both choose to grow and choose to be better. And when, choose to communicate. Yeah, even when things don't go right, right? So we probably had four or five hard, hard, hard discussions about this that were difficult for both of us. And eventually we came out on top of it, which I'm very thankful for. But it was something that both parties have to be willing to see both points of view. 
you have to be willing to at least see it. Doesn't mean you have to accept it, but you have to see it from the other person's point of view in order to get an understanding of where they're possibly coming from. And express how it makes you feel yeah. instead of thinking, I got to be the strong one now. Like it's okay to both be weak. Honestly. Yeah. In a way. And that's, that's, that's basically what it was. And we came through that together and more powerful at the end of it because we worked through that moment and we talked mm-hmm. and we found out, found, came up with a plan basically. And I feel like at dinner, like, was it, was it when we were having happy hour last night or dinner? I honestly like looked curly in the eyes and I was just like, I am so grateful for that time frame because I learned so much about myself and certain beliefs I was holding on to mm-hmm. that have completely shifted, like, they were absolutely necessary things that needed to shift for me to be where I am today and like mm-hmm. launching this business this week and coming from a place of so calm and stable and at ease, like even watching my savings go down, like just this pure inner knowing, like there is nothing that like debt, your relationship with debt is your relationship with money. And so us having a tight chest and queasy stomachs and tight throats talking about debt or or even just expressing the shame around debt well your shame around debt is your shame around money because debt is money Mm -hmm. and being able to work through that has made my relationship with money which I thought was already a stable relationship it wasn't clearly Mm -hmm. I saw I saw from the other side I was like oh fuck no like I have a lot to do and I was able to do it and now I'm at a place where yes it took a decent amount of money to start my business and I watched my savings go down but I'm so at ease with it because I understand money better. I have a better relationship with money. And sometimes it takes going to those dark corners to uh, just see the light and see a new perspective. And For sure. No, it is. And you're, you're 100% right on all of that. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, understanding that, again, we want what's best for each other. We want both of us to be successful. I want to be successful for me and I want to be successful for you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to be successful for you and me. And Brooksy. And Brooksy. Yeah, that's you know dog. what I mean? So <laughs> I think that that is, that's powerful in itself. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason we are so successful is because all we want to keep doing is empowering each other. And how can I make you feel more powerful today? Mm-hmm. And that's it. I mean, I, I want that all the time. Me too. Well, thank you so much, babe, for coming on. I absolutely loved having this conversation with you. And I feel like this is like, this is just our normal conversations. This was no no different. Like, this is how we talk all the time. And um, I am just so grateful for you. I'm so in love with you. And I know that everyone who listens to this will also be. So thank you. Thank you for Any having final me words? on. Yeah. Yes, I think that's what it is. It's thankful to be a part of this and to finally be on this podcast with you and you're working so hard at it and it's wonderful and you're helping so many people and if you know anything I could do to help um, anyone through any part of anything you resonated with with what I could say, please feel free to reach out to Katie and, and I want to help for anyone that may feel stuck. Yeah. All right. That's all we have for today. Make sure that you give us a five-star review. Tag us on Instagram. I'd absolutely love to know your thoughts on this. If you want more of Curly on the show, if we never want her on again. (laughs) I am just so grateful for her time today and to be at this beautiful Langham Resort. I would always, I like 10 out of 10 recommend coming to the Langham in Pasadena. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week. I love you. Bye. 
enjoyed today's episode, please send it to a friend. Tag us on Instagram at is underscore podcast and leave a five-star review so we can help build, grow, and expand this podcast for anyone who it needs to reach. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.